And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is your uh, your Vaquero day. Hey, Chris. Hey, Nando. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, my friend. I know you get upset books. People forget about it. What was the best gift you got for your birthday? Oh, it was a. Um, do we have to get in? It was a steak dinner last night. I'll say I saw, that. I saw the mashed potatoes on your Facebook. Page. Oh, you did. Yeah, that was yeah. a good. <laughs> I wanted to potatoes. comment. I want, but I had already commented on your previous post about the thank you for the birthday wishes. Yeah, that so was. I didn't, I didn't want to over. I didn't want to overdo it. Only, only you would say that. When I thank everybody that that wished me a happy birthday throughout the day, and you're like just searching for more birthday wishes, <laughs> you were <And> man. So, <laughs> you could have thanked could, you people know individually funny about that. I always think the same thing when somebody. <laughs> so so that was what made it funny. So, uh, uh, hey, uh, we're getting closer to the season, my friend. All the big drafts are this weekend and uh, next week, and uh, here we are. I know. So I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. um, what shows are you watching right now? I'm just kidding. All right, let's go. Let's get into this. So this is the late, last, last minute draft prep show uh, to a degree. Like we, you know, last week we got in running backs. Chris requested that we talk about a lot of wide receivers this week. But like for the first little section of the show, I wanted to really get into like uh, the movers because you're like, I, like I don't know. If, I've used this reference before. I don't think on this show, but like Superman three, when that woman became part of the the machine yeah, and she was no just completely clue plugged in. About you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't about. watch yeah. Superman. No clue. The movie. Yeah, I know. No clue. Superman 3. Richard Pryor? No? No. All right. Uh, anyway, the point is, uh, you're like plugged into the mainframe. It's like, I, I feel like you don't even have to look up half this stuff. Um, <laughs> who are like, and I think it's pretty obvious, but just who's moving up? I mean, I assume like Damian Pierce may have already hit a ceiling. Uh, sure. Because yeah. if you if you loved him, you already lo- you know what I mean. Like Marlon Mack, you already if you're going after Damian Pierce, you already figured Marlon Mack was not going to be part of the equation. I think, right. but now that he's officially not part of the equation, over the last couple of days, has Pierce jumped like another round or anything? I know he went from like 100 to 80 to 66 <laughs> last week. I haven't yeah. checked in lately, but where is he now that the big boys are drafted? I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, the Marlon Mack news broke only you know a day ago, so there was only pretty much uh, last night's drafts to go off of. But Damian Pierce is going to find himself solidly in the. Top 60 overall in these big drafts uh, going forward from today until, you know, Vegas in the high stakes market. So, you know, it's a solid uh, it's a solid 10 days now of Damian Pierce fifth round, top 60 overall. And uh, a lot of people are going to try and build off their wide receivers, come back from what I see, and get a Damian Pierce as their RB1 in the fifth round or RB2. Can you imagine... Yeah, going crazy. into the, going it's into crazy. a draft with Dan and be like Damian Pierce is my RB one. I feel good about that. Uh, it's not for me, buddy. It's not for me. Uh, I'll let the other people uh, do that. But 
Actually, let me ask you why. What, what's the problem with Damian Pierce? And I'm just, I'm, no, I, not, I think I have my own opinion. Pro- it's not that there's a problem. It's just how you like to build your teams, and everyone's different. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I think the helium has gotten out of control now, but we see that at this time of year. Everybody wants to get their hands on the hot player. Damian Pierce is the hot player. And, um, you know, it's... It's tough to build. It's tough to build these teams right now in the mid-round range with, with running backs and Pierce. Uh, it, the way the board is shaping up, it happens every year now. Nando, yep. wide receivers are all moving up. You know, fifth-round receivers are now becoming fourth-round receivers. Fourth-round receivers are becoming third-round receivers. And let me and just again, that, that's not because of like their performance, right? This is just the way the draft is actually evolving, uh, right? A little bit of everything, and, and and then it becomes like, what's the hot way to build teams right now? And everybody wants to get their three receivers early, and now everybody sees that everyone else is getting their receivers early, so they can't be left out on, left out in the cold, right? If you can't go into the fourth round. It's nice to get your two running backs early, but if you do that and you get to the fifth round, then you're staring at nothing at the wide receiver position, whereas all summer long it was it was a gold mine in these middle rounds for receivers you could build a team any which way and love it but well that's uh, that's what i'm saying like it's not it's not like people are like oh my god like george pickens had 200 yards and two touchdowns in preseason mm-hmm. game 3 and he bumps up two it's it's exactly what you're saying yeah, like people are just news seeing and notes it's news it's notes it's some preseason buzz it's you know um you know let's jump over real quick to the wide receiver position cuz we're talking about it gabriel davis you know, Gabriel Davis is the hot name on the board right now, and he's going to be a top 36 overall player. He's d- been doing that every draft pretty much in the last week. And uh, I saw him, I think, 26th overall last night in a, in a high-stakes league. And that's because of, you know, the, the blurb about, hey, Josh Allen doesn't see Gabe Davis as so much as a, you know, a, a, a secondary receiver to digs. He sees him as like a 1A, 1B type, you know, and uh, the gap isn't that big between the two. And then everybody wants to get involved in that passing offense that they feel in Buffalo you can fully support two big-time wide receivers. And that's uh, and that's tough. I mean, there's a lot of that on the board this year. Look at Jamar Chase is a top six overall pick in every draft, and T. Higgins is a top 24 pick pretty much right now. That's two receivers on the same team. So if you're telling me you can do it in Cincinnati, well, then people are going to say, well, it shouldn't be that hard of a problem to do it with Buffalo with the big-time passing offense either with Diggs as a top-10 pick and Gabe Davis in the third round. Do you worry, though, that Buffalo— Waddle and Hill in Miami, you know? Buffalo hasn't shown their hand, though, with this new offensive coordinator, you know, new look. You know, Brian Dayball is gone. Mm -hmm. Like, does that worry you at all in terms of, like, depending on what happened last year? No. No, um, right. I don't. I don't think the season's going to start, and the offense is going to be so drastically different. Um, you know, the coordinated. The, the, it's somewhat still the same coaches over there, uh, just different ones got promoted. So I don't think the the playbook is going to be totally different. Um, I got a wide receiver question for you. I want to sure. direct this a little bit. Sure. I want to take us to Las Vegas, and I know oh. we talk. Devonte Adams is like a Chris Vaccaro favorite. Like you talk about him every show. I think everybody knows. I mean, he's the man, right? Josh McDaniels' yeah. offense. Where, where does Hunter Renfro fit into this team? If, I mean, you're talking Darren Waller's in the mix too. Because yeah. I've I've got teams where I have, I have all three, and I'm like, I feel pretty good about this. You know, I don't like, I don't mind having all three. 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, Nando. I don't have a problem with you stacking a, a Raiders offense in fantasy this year because it was, um, you know, it, it was easier to do. Um, it, it was easy to do all offseason. I'll put it to you that way. But now it's kind of complicated when you think about this Vegas offense, what people, what people are drafting. For me, I wasn't in on Renfro pretty much all summer. Okay, and he was at that price of like in the 70s. Uh, you know, you can get him as a nice flex play, but he was boring. And sure enough, you know, everybody's saying, okay, there's Waller there. And now they bring in Adams. Those targets are going to disappear. But now what happened? Waller has been MIA all summer. Okay. So Renfro became, started to become more interesting to someone like myself that wasn't really in on him. And you could see him moving up draft boards. You could see his ADP climbing now. Okay, up until about a couple days ago, he was getting into the low 60s. People were taking that shot on him because if Waller didn't show up and held out, well, Renfro is going to be an absolute steal on the draft board because there's just going to be Adams and Renfro there, and Renfro is going to be catching eight balls a game, and the focus isn't going to be on him. But now it looks like in the last couple days that you know Waller's very close to signing this uh, extension and that they're working on it. And as soon as that happens... Well, you don't want to get caught holding the low ADP bag where you were the guy taking him at like high 50s, low 60s overall as your wide receiver three. And then Waller signs and now next week in Vegas, you know, Renfro's back to 75, 80 overall. So it's kind of like trying to price the market and you're trying to buy the dip on Renfro, but you're hoping Waller still holds out. And ironically enough, same thing with Waller. You know, everybody loved Waller. Uh, you know, he was going 55 to 65 in that range all summer long. And now the news started getting a little negative on him. And he's torpedoed down the draft boards. And the people, as soon as he signs, are going to laugh all the way to the bank that have the shares of Darren Waller in the 80s, 90s. And in one draft, I was in 105 overall. You know, I feel like this, this happens every year, too. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like sure. someone's just got to write a "this happens every year" thing. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know exactly who it was, mm-hmm. but exact the way you explained it is like the people who picked him up anyway are going to be laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. Like that's I mean that feels like such a familiar refrain, right? I, I mean it's kind of like the stock market here. You know, everybody's trying to get in at the right price on each player, and that's what we see every summer, right? So what happens, Nando? You know, you the Roto World blurb, a, a team, uh, a beat reporter. Puts out a word, and then you see that person's ADP fall ten, you know, you know, ten spots that night. So it's part of the game. You're trying to read between the tea leaves and get these players at the right price all summer in your online championship leagues. You know, the lower dollar amounts that the high stakes players play. But guess what? Now that it's main event season for these two weeks, you throw ADP out the window. You really don't care about price. You're going into these drafts, you're getting your players, you're building your, your teams with the guys you want, and you don't even care if that fifth-round fifth, fifth round wide receiver uh, you know, is there in the late third round and you love them. You're not taking a chance on losing them. You're taking them there. So, you know, it's, it's online championship season. You're looking for value in each draft when you build, and you're not reaching for anybody. And then it flips real quick, and you got to adjust your brain to say, okay, now it's go get your guy season, build your team season, and, uh, and that's how it goes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I just want to take a quick second to shout out Brad Evans. I don't know if you checked uh, social media today, but he's coming back. Had a nice post there on it. Oh, nice. Good for yeah. him. He was out. He had a pretty bad accident. So he was out for like, I think, 12 yeah, weeks. Yeah, I did hear he, that. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have him back. Good, uh, good to that's all. right in time that's for football I, season. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, so I know him. Like, <laughs> I know him behind the scenes. You know, I know, I've known him for a while. We came up with Matthew Berry, talented Mr. Roto, and he's just a. He's a good dude who. Uh, he's such a name dropper. It's I'm not so name dropping, man. This isn't a name no, drop. This is just I to say, like, he's. Matt Berry and he's got to grow up with him. Mm-hmm. He came up. Okay. What do you want to talk about next? Whoever you have on your lineup for me to talk <laughs> about, right. Nando. Here's, here's someone. Let's, let's talk about the rookie wide receivers because I find them very interesting. At least uh, Drake London and George Pickens. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like Drake London. You know, every, you, you know, I'm sure you follow a lot of the same people I do, see the same Twitter buzz, and it's like nobody at all has planted their flag in Drake London. And maybe I've missed a few, you know, maybe there's a random dude who did it um, who's like, oh, Drake London's going to be amazing. Listen, but like, I have not seen any Drake London buzz at all. And I've, like, I've been on George Pickens. I got the receipts to prove, like, I was in a dynasty draft, like, way back, right after the draft, and I got George Pickens, I think, first pick of the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I like him. I thought this, like this is someone. This is real. You like, and me Pittsburgh, both, my friend. You right, and me both. But like Drake London seems like, I mean, if you're looking at and we did, I did this yesterday on the, the show with Corey. Like we're looking at offensive rookie of the year, and it's kind of like just a very interesting set of odds. I feel like the uh, um, rookies, uh, the, the rookie wide receivers that were all drafted pretty high, everyone yeah. is cold on, and then the receivers, the rookie receivers that were drafted pretty late. Um, People want their hands on this year. It's kind of odd for you know a, a fantasy season. Uh, Drake London, I was a fan of his at USC. I thought he'd be a star here. The one thing I'm not, I'm wary on in uh, in Atlanta, Nando. He just he got hurt, and when you're a rookie and you start off slow, it derails your rookie season i feel like you need to be in camp and have that chemistry and he's been hurt he got that knee injury in the preseason game like three weeks ago um and i worry about how long he's been sidelined and then you fall behind you don't get the chemistry with your quarterback you get off to a slow start and like i said things spiral out of control so if the price was better on drake london i'd say something different you know if Drake London was going in the triple digits in draft boards, I'd say, okay, that's a perfect five or six for me to take. Stash him on my bench. I don't need him in September or early October. 
Um, there's no bye weeks. You know, you're going with your top guys. Hopefully, there's no injuries. And then I let the season play out and, and get into it. Um, and you know, and hopefully he has a bigger second half, comes on strong. You see that with a lot of rookie wide receivers. So that's my thought on him. Right now he's going in like the 70s, and I'm like, that's somebody I need. You know, that's a pick I need, and there's a lot of other guys around him on the board at any other position that's va- more valuable to me than a Drake London pick. So that's my just that's my thoughts on Drake London. I probably won't own a ton of Drake London this year. The George Pickens situation, Nando, and I talked about this. Uh, I had a radio spot with Dr. Roto a couple days ago, and he asked me about Pickens. Well, now who's, now who's dropping names? I did that on purpose just to throw yeah, it back in your face, sure you Nando. Did, yeah. actually, you can't help yourself. You want to throw out your Matt Berries and stuff. I can play with the big boys too, all right, Nando? I know, I know some big people. <laughs> Go ahead. Who else? Oh, yeah, Harvey Keitel, right? Came to your bar. Yeah. 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 You, you love post that pictures Harvey of that. Yeah, that, that, the bar. I, I wouldn't even know him if I bumped into him. That Facebook anyway, page. A lot of a lot of bragging about who's coming into the bar on that Facebook page, man. <laughs> Listen, the George bar that Pickens you hate to admit is a stud. You, yeah. George right, is Pickens is a stud. And in June and July, when I started drafts, I took him every draft I had in the 18th and 19th rounds. Okay? Sometimes, and I've talked about this through the years, it really pays... Um, and a lot of high stakes players will tell you that they're not big college football guys. I am, okay? And that was one of my advantages of knowing George Pickens playing in Georgia, even his freshman year, seeing him and saying, oh my God, this is the next A.J. Green, Julio Jones that Georgia brought in. Uh, an absolute stud. He just battled injuries the last couple of years, made it back for the last couple games of last season. And the Steelers, that was enough for them to see. That and in... Uh, you know the combine works and the workouts and stuff to say all right he's over his injuries and this guy's a freak and if he was able to play a full season at Georgia last year he would have been a top 10 overall pick and in my opinion the first wide receiver off the board so me knowing what that kid was capable of and seeing that the Steelers took him as early as they did I said this is a shot that you got to take on top of that not being a, a Chase Claypool guy I thought that he could come in and whether it was playing three wide receiver sets or overtake Claypool, which I think is happening, to be honest. I think that the pecking order is going to be Deontay Johnson, Pickens, and and then Claypool, or at least all three of these guys out on the field at the same time. Um, Listen, I, I just love Pickens. It's just that the price is getting pretty high now. But I don't know if the price now that's, I see, 95 overall, 100 overall, on the draft board, people taking him as the wide receiver four, basically, on their team. I don't even know if that price is still too much. You know what I mean, Nando? Like, I think this kid could be the rookie star of the year. Right. And if he could be that's Justin the case, Jefferson. He could be Justin Jefferson, right? Say it again? He could be Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he could be. He totally could be. He's, he's, uh, he's a very, very, very talented player he's a player that i think next year will be like a third fourth rounder they'll probably move on from claypool and then it'll be dj and and pickens as the top two receivers there and as long as kenny pickett comes along and is you know a good receiver that'll be an offense that you want to buy back in on next year so pickens is um you know i I just wish the price again was a little uh you know steeper when do you think uh, Pickett, I mean, I assume that you're talking like he's going to take over. Like, is this like a, 
week six kind of thing? Is it, I mean, uh, Trubisky? No, I, kinda, I, you I, know, know, I, like I think Trubisky. Trubisky's going to get a good run. Um, you know, they like him supposedly there. I think he'll get the first half of the season, and it'll depend on what position they are, you know, it, uh, on in the standings, you know. Are they five and four? Uh, you know, if it's one of those things, then maybe they stick with Trubisky if he's playing well. If not, and they're tanking and they're two and six or something like that, and the offense isn't moving, then yeah, you're going to turn it over to Pickett. But this was always going to be the way the Steelers set this up because, you know, you, you have Trubisky, you bring him in on the deal, okay? You have a, a, a now, I guess he's a veteran because he's been there for a while, Mason Rudolph. You're not going to throw the rookie in there and then have to pull him if he struggles early. You know, you got to do it the other way around. Let the veterans start, see what the season, you know, unfolds. And then if anything, you can go to the rookie quarterback. So that's the way, uh, you know, I see that happening. Where do you stand on uh, Marcus Mariota in, in terms of like a lot of people talk, you know, he's going to ruin yeah. the value of a lot of these receivers in Atlanta. You can't really like anyone there because Mariota. But I mean, yeah. like, can he be Ryan Tannehill? And yeah. are, are people going to pay for this later, too? Yeah, uh, no, I don't think he's. The, I don't think people are going to look back and go, "My God, how didn't we draft Mariota?" You know, like he just I mean, he I doesn't know, even man. get like, drafted now. I, I but like the I idea. I wouldn't worry this. as a Kyle Pitts lover, as a Kyle Pitts owner. I wouldn't worry that Mariota is going to sink him. Okay, Mariota did wonders with Delaney Walker for a couple of years. So um, if you're if you're skeptical on drafting Kyle Pitts in the third round in the next couple of weeks, don't be. I don't know how much of an electric offense it's going to be, but he's going to do enough to get the job done. Now, how long is he going to stay in control in Atlanta? That's the question because the kid Ritter looks like he's hitting the ground running and actually uh, has figured it out. And I think he's going to be their starting quarterback probably the second half of the season and into the future. I feel like Trubisky and Mariota are going to just have really, I mean, like, and it goes back to they have a lot of good pass catchers, especially Trubisky. I mean, like, he's got he's got yeah. studs catching passes from him. Atlanta, you know, could get there. If Drake London, mm. you know, shows, and, and, you know, Cordell Patterson is good for maybe 700 receiving yards, you know, right. top of maybe 700. It's I just feel like those two are going to benefit from a good cast around them, and people are going to be like, oh, my goodness, what happened here? Like, how did we miss this? It's like, guys, these are like top three picks in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. they're not bums. They just had, you know, a little rough go at the start of things. You know, I, I play in these 20-round drafts, right, every night, and you never see Trubisky um, drafted. And it's and I've been saying to myself lately the same thing, Connie, you said. Now, I we're all sour on Trubisky, right? We, we <laughs> People got burned by him all those years in Chicago. And then, you know, but hey, listen, this kid... Maybe he just benefited from years as a backup, went to Buffalo, maybe picked up more things around better coaching, right? Uh, You know, getting, uh, becoming a veteran more. Like I said, these guys, they stay in the league. He comes out, you come out as a young 22, 23-year-old. Now you get into your later 20s, everything starts slowing down a little bit for you. And it's not like Trubisky, like you said, is going into a situation where there's not a lot of talent around him like a Mariota. But, you know, Deontay Johnson, the kid Pickens, I think, like I said, is a stud. You got a big time running back, right? You got a good tight end in Fryer Muth. And Claypool is going to play the slot, it looks like. That's pretty good talent on offense. And you and on top of it, what do we love as fantasy players? 
for a quarterback. He can run. So this guy might be a sneaky guy that I think should be getting drafted. And I'm not saying early. I'm, I'm saying like, you know, you get into these later rounds. Everybody in these 20-round drafts takes two quarterbacks. And he's never one of them. And I just think that maybe he should be. You know, I think maybe he should be in that 21 to 25 overall range at quarterback. And, you know, you put him on a team of, uh, if you draft a Josh Allen or a Mahomes or a Herbert early, maybe that should be your backup. So what you're saying is you love him. That's what I'm saying, Nando. You read my words. Exactly. <laughs> is, that what, yes. is that what we're to take away from this conversation? Yes, that's exactly what uh, has it. What are your thoughts this year on Juju Smith-Schuster, who is another uh, riser? You you know, the show is about wide receivers and, and who's rising and falling. Juju Smith-Schuster seems to be an absolute darling of high-stakes players um, this year. And people are loving him and... Uh, regardless of the fact that he's missed time now in camp for weeks, and but he just got back yesterday, um, people have made him a top 50 overall pick now. You know what? So here's my problem, and this is philosophical, and maybe people have the same issue. I don't. I doubt it, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a fantasy baseball player too, and you know, I feed right from fantasy baseball into fantasy football. And in baseball, you got a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster who you could you know be like, all right, well, this guy came up, came up too early, you know, had some success. Got injured, you know, spent a little time in the minors, whatever, whatever, you know, faded and people thought he was washed up. And then he comes back because he had, you know, in the right situation, like he gets traded to the Padres or whatever. And, you know, he, he hits 302 with 26 home runs and 15 steals and he's back, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, you know, and then he has like three or four or five more years of sustained success. And you're like, oh, I totally forgot about that lull. In football, you could have that kind of little run that he had and just be completely toast and never come back to that form because, you know, you lost your quickness or, you know, Maybe maybe it was just a mirage that success you had in that one year, mm-hmm. and so that's where I'm be- that's where I'm torn up, like completely to- like I'm a Michael Hardman guy, and I have been for a couple of years, and oh, I-, I don't know if I'm Lord. like, well, he did he not have the opportunity um, because you know he was he was supposed to be like maybe he's the Tyreek Hill successor, but you obviously can't play the Tyreek Hill role if Tyreek Hill is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you bring in Juju Smith Schuster, that kind of blocks him a little more, but I don't know if it, like this is where I'm confused. Like, I could be saying, Juju Smith-Schuster, yes, ton of talent, didn't do well because he was injured, going into a situation that's perfect for any wide receiver to come into and just be amazing. Or are we being blind, like, forgetting about Michael Hardman and being like, oh, maybe Smith-Schuster, you know, could, maybe just doesn't have it anymore. Well, and so I'm mean, so confused, that leads me not, whole, to, not to draft him. Yeah, I hear you. And I, to me, he's one of the most interesting uh, players on the draft board to debate this year. Because I know a lot of sharp players, like I said, that are all in on him. I know a lot of sharp players that are all out on him, you know. So, and I'm both. I'm both at the same time, you know. Yeah, it's well, crazy. I mean, yeah, because he's a, he's somebody that's a debatable topic, you know. You could see it both ways. Do you see it where? All right, Kelsey's obviously the top target here. Okay, him and Mahomes don't have any chemistry yet. Okay, but he has chemistry with, um, like you said, I I don't even want to say he's got chemistry with Hardman, but I'm saying Hardman's been there. Right, okay, right. So, he, you know, knowing the system and everything. Now you bring in Sky Moore, a rookie that everyone's crazy about, okay? But Sky Moore is going to play the slot. Well, where does Juju play? The slot, okay? They're not going to put him outside because who else did they bring in? They brought in Valdez Scantling. So Valdez Scantling and Hardman are your two rabbits that are running down the field on the outside. Kelsey eats up the middle. Is Sky Moore going to sit on the bench? Sky Moore has got to get some time, right? Everybody's so crazy about Sky Moore. He's a top 90 overall player. Well, if you're, if it's, it's to me, it's this. 
If Juju's going in the top 50 overall right now, Sky Moore's going in the top 90 overall, you can't be on the same team. You can't be Team Sky Moore and you can't be Team Juju. You right. got to, like, pick your sides. Okay? Is Sky Moore going to have a crap rookie season and, and, like, just learn and be, like, on the sidelines a lot? All the, Are we going to put all these guys out on the field at the same time? Or do you sit back and go, okay, it's a top 50 overall pick. There's just too many mouths to feed. And I really don't want Juju as my wide receiver two or three. And every week I look up and he's six catches for 70 yards. You know, if he doesn't get in the end zone, you know, is that a stat line every week? Is he catching like a nice amount of balls? It's just everything is, they have 42 running backs that they're, you know, everybody's going to play a role there. Just seems like there's a lot going on in Kansas City. But people overreact and jump on these guys because of who's attached to the offense, and that's Pat Mahomes. You know? Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you pass on Juju Smith-Schuster, you're one of the guys who's all out on Juju Smith-Schuster, is that going to cost you a, cha- a championship? Like, is that the guy you're going to be like, man, what? Like, well, some people everything feel, was yeah. there in front of me. Everything was right there in front of me. Yeah, some people, some people feel that he's going to be a 110-catch wide receiver, you know, over 1,000 yards. And ten touchdowns, and if you're drafting him there, then that's what he, you know, that's what he should be. That's what people are banking on. Me, I see it a little differently. I'm not saying I'm out on him. I'm not saying I'm in on him. Just saying the price needs to be a little better than that. And I don't know. I want, you know, you get into this range of the wide receivers, like I'm talking, like in this 45 to 60 range. This is when the big time wide receivers start drying out in these high stakes drafts right now. But you know what? Um, you look around you, you look around the board on who's right there around them. Rashad Bateman, clear number one wide receiver on that team, right? Darnell Mooney, clear number one wide receiver in that you know in that offense. Right. You could pretty much guarantee double digit targets every week to those two guys. Elijah Moore, clear number one in New York, in my opinion. Same thing. You know, you know so, that's Corey Davis. Say that again? Nothing. I just, I'm sorry. I'm trying to push your buttons. Yeah, well, obviously. I know you as a Jets fan. Like, Corey Davis? You don't think it's Corey Davis there? Do I think Corey Davis is the, the number one for the Jets? Yeah, I don't. I was just trying to push your buttons and set you off. Okay. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That was, that was selfish of me. That was selfish because you took the you know you took us off on a different direction. Well, I was going to answer your selfishness you. right there. You think, the people, you think the people want to hear about Corey Davis being the number one in New York, Nando? I think they like it when you get angry about trivial things like this. You can't anger me, my friend. You try, <laughs> yeah. But you just try and you just try and take us off in different paths. So no, I don't think Corey Davis is the number one uh, in New York. I think Elijah Moore is, and that's where he's being drafted as a top sixty overall pick. Corey Davis gets drafted like in round seventeen. So, yeah, which um, is crazy considering the rapport that he had with Zach Wilson early last year. You know. Yeah. But that's my thoughts around Juju right there. Um, and, I, and I'm just looking, you know, and thinking about other wide receivers with steam right now. And I thought this guy was a little misplaced all offseason, uh, getting drafted in the 80s overall, pretty much. Uh, he was like an afterthought, but um, he got paid a ton of money to go to Jacksonville, and that's Christian Kirk. Yeah. And I think people are all of a sudden now saying, you know what, mm, looking around this offense saying, Someone's got to catch the ball here. 
And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to pepper this guy as the clear number one in the offense. So he's starting to get some helium, and, and I see him now going around, you know, picks 55 to 65, where he was going picks 75 to 90 in, in early August. Hey, where are you? Uh, speaking of just this is related, DJ mm-hmm. Chark. I, I've, I end up picking DJ Chark like very late yeah. in a lot of my drafts. Just, I mean, he's there, and I'm like, oh man, you know, like this is, this guy's, he's got some talent. And, you know, he's on a team that could, mm-hmm. I know it's like, oh, Monroe St. Brown, but like, he's got a shot. And, you know, if you're talking like the 14th I like his round. Price. I yeah, like right? his price. Yeah, I like his price this year. Um, you know, he's he he's a he's a free play for you. Not free. I don't want to say free because those rounds are still valuable. But you know, his ADP I think is right about one thirty, one forty, right about now. And that's a that's a great wide receiver six to take, in my opinion. I like that offense. The, the arrow is pointing up. We talked about last week. Uh, you know how we we love the offensive line there, DeAndre Swift in Detroit. It's just an offense that's taken off, and I don't think we're going to see Jamison Williams until late in the year. And even if he p- comes back, I don't think he'll be that big of a factor. Uh, they just need somebody on the outside, Nando. And you know those, you know those are the type of players I like to put on my teams. A guy like DJ Chark. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me throw three names at you and tell me the order in which you like them, if you're comfortable with that. I know sure. you still have some big Let's drafts go. going oh, up. No, you know, no. I don't really like giving away your philosophy. No, no, no. Um, but you do it for the people. Yes. Uh, Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. Traylon Burks, mm-hmm. and I'll throw Julio Jones in there. Okay, so in that order, actually, Nando, um, I would say Julio's a little bit of a distant third compared to the first two. Those are two really interesting names, though, because they both factor into my strategies, and especially Rondell Moore. Okay, Rondell Moore, I think you need a specific build uh, to take a Rondell Moore. Actually, no, let me let me correct that. It's the opposite way. 
if you draft certain players early on in the top 100, then Rondell Moore becomes, to me, someone that you really want to focus in on and grab, okay? Here's what I'm talking about. If you take a Chris Godwin, okay, in, in the fifth round, sixth round, maybe he's not there the first couple of weeks, okay? Same thing with a Michael Thomas. There's a lot of speculation around Michael Thomas. You know, what's his early season going to be like? Um, and most importantly, DeAndre Hopkins, okay? So if you take any of those three wide receivers, my eyes are focused in on Rondell Moore in round nine, okay? That's really, that's perfect to me. And why? It's because DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be there the first six weeks. Rondell Moore is going to play a very big role to me early in the season in September and October. And, you know, maybe he fades away once D-Hop comes back into the offense. But if I could get Rondell Moore as my fifth wide receiver on a team that any of those three wide receivers are like, uh, you know, my three or my four, well, I could just replace Rondell with, I could replace those three guys with Rondell until they come back or get healthy. So um, I like this Arizona offense again. And, um, you know, Rondell Moore, to me, for his price right now, he's starting to move up into around pick 100, where he was going like 120, 125. Uh, But I could see him, you know, catching five, six balls every week early in the season. So I think he's a nice flex play early. Traylon Burks, Nando, is... It's so crazy about where he's a complete roller coaster on draft boards all year long. You know, he started off in the 80s and 90s. Then there was that week of camp where he just blew up. And, oh, my God, this guy's the truth. And he's uh, catching everything and and abusing everybody. So everybody wanted him as the breakout big-time wide receiver. Right. There was two weeks, Nando, where every draft, every night, he was going in the late 50s, early 60s. And everybody wanted him, right? And then he just completely, the floor just broke open and he just sank like a, a stone week after week since then. Uh, I think I said it last week on the show. I got him 133rd overall about a week and a half ago. Um, so he's settling in now around 110 overall, where people are just like, all right, this isn't going to happen early in the season. There's all the reports that, hey, listen. Woods looks pretty good. Woods is the clear one. Um, you know, uh, how do you say his name? The 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 other kid, Nick Westbrook uh, Akini. Yeah, Westbrook Akini. I'm thinking of. Uh, he'll be the two, and uh, you know, Traylon Burks is going to play just like a complimentary role early in the season. So if you draft him, it's not somebody I don't think you're going to be able to use in September, and that's why the price has changed drastically on him. And you're going to want to draft him where he's going. And it's a nice shot to take at 110, 120 overall. Put him on your bench. And again, just like a Drake London, hope that he has a bigger second half of the season. Man. I, I mean, like... Julio, too. Wait, let's touch on yeah, Julio. Yeah, let's get on Julio. because then we, then we get down on Tennessee. Because like this yeah. Tennessee thing is very intriguing to me. The Julio thing, I was completely out on as soon as I heard it. I was like, listen, and I still am kind of, you know, it's... He, you know, to me, he's washed. I, I really think he's done. But they're putting out these videos of him looking okay, and you know, it's still funny to me. He's wearing number eighty-five. He looks like a legit tight end. And to me, it depends on what goes on here in Tampa. If I see that they put Godwin on the pup, and he's going to miss the first four weeks, Russell Gage, uh, I know, is dealing with a, a little injury. 
maybe he's not there early in the season. Uh, they don't have a, a tight end, really, that is anything to worry about. You don't know. Maybe early on in the season, Brady looks a lot to Julio Jones. And maybe that's all he's good for is, okay, I'm going to get you some good numbers in September and then fade off into the sunset when the Godwins and Gages get healthy and come back into the offense. So um, he's he's come up the draft board a little bit too now, Nando. He's like 130, 140 overall. And uh, I could see you sneaking out one or two good games from him, but I'll never feel comfortable at this point in Julio's career putting him in my starting lineup. So this isn't like some Brady magic going to turn Julio Jones back into Julio Jones right, thing. Listen, this is uh, if anybody it happened with Antonio Brown, right? Yeah, if anybody can do it, it's it's Brady. But um, is it forty five year old Tom Brady? I mean, we still okay with that? Uh, I can never doubt Tom Brady, Nando. I can't. It's a, your wishy washiness means this is it's, a guy you're targeting. It, it's not, no, it's not that. that. It's just you know the um, the what do you call it? The the offensive line is so bad that I have to factor that in. You know, if Brady came into this season and they put all these weapons around him again and it was, um, you know, that same offensive line that he's been working with the last couple of years was intact, then I'd say, yeah, for where Brady goes off the board, he could put up the numbers again. But I just think this offensive line is is falling apart and I just don't you know, see a need to drag Brady up the board. I don't see like a 40 touchdown season out of him. Yeah. I mean, you retire and then you come back and I don't know, man, it seems just interesting. Yeah. Um, are you an Alec Pierce at all? I know he's, he's been buzzy. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's been moving up, but I know the name's been buzzy and everyone's like, Oh, there's some people who really love Alec Pierce and are shouting from the rooftops that Alec Pierce is going to be the guy you want in Indianapolis after Michael Pittman. I agree. I, I do. Um, I really, I really like Alec Pierce, and I he's on a ton of my online championship teams all summer long. The price hasn't gotten that high. I thought it would rise as the you know as the summer went on and into these main event drafts, but he's still obtainable as your six or your seven. Um, he's kind a of a, I mean he's, he's got a plain name. I th- like I don't know like it's it's Indianapolis. <laughs> no. Like people don't know what to do with Matt Ryan. I think it's just like a, a just a big amount of factors that are kind of like yeah. like Listen, some people like Naheem Hines. People love Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Obviously, Michael Pittman. And then I think it's kind of like, well, I don't know after that. No, there's good reports on Paris Campbell again for the 18th year in a row. And uh, let's see if he can actually stay healthy. I always was a Paris Campbell truther myself. But one of these two guys is actually going to be pretty valuable and a steal on the draft boards, in my opinion. Uh, it, I'm talking between Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. And both of them could be had after 150th overall. And if you want to take both of them, that's not a bad strategy strategy either. Okay, if you want to take Pierce as your six, Paris Campbell a couple rounds later as your seven, let it work out. You don't wish injury on either one of them, but if one of them goes down and Paris Campbell has that history, you know, Alec Pierce isn't going to leave the field. You know, they just don't have depth in Indianapolis at the wide receiver position, and they really don't have anything special at tight end. Um, So... You know, we can't assume Michael Pittman's getting 23 targets a game. So someone else has got to step up here. And this kid Pierce is a runs a 4-3. Uh, I mean, he's fast. He's big. All accounts, he's killing it in camp all, year, all summer long. I mean, 
he's he's a solid solid wide receiver. I think he can uh, you know exceed expectations. If he throws like a couple. 70 plus yard games out like two of his first three games let's say like 75 and he somehow gets two touchdowns and let's say averages seven targets a game mm-hmm. uh you know like let's say he's got a nine and eight and a seven um are you just like like by week is this someone i'm, I'm just trying to look at the trajectory and how he's going to fit into a team as people build it is that what we're expecting from him and then like at that point you're like he's gonna be my flex or he's gonna be my third wide receiver it's gonna take or a is, lot it's going to take like a, a develop- lot. Yeah, that's just it. because that's you know, like first off, you got to be in deeper leagues um, to have this guy in your lineup every week. Well, um, that's what I'm just wondering. Like, is he a breakout? Like, he's going to be awesome early, and I'm going to stick him as my third wide receiver, or is he like week seven, eight, nine when these bye weeks start hitting me pretty hard? Like, that's when he's going to and he's going to develop into a better wide receiver by then too. No, uh, to me, I, I to me, I think he's going to hit the ground running. All the attention is going to be on Pittman in the pass game. You know, you want to see Indianapolis maybe get into some situations where they're playing from behind and they have to go away from just running the ball to death with Taylor. Early right. in the season, I'm sure that they're, they're going to want to not give Taylor 25, 30 carries a game. It's a long season. I'm sure they're going to mix and match. Uh, you're going to see more Hines than you probably want as a Jonathan Taylor owner. And I think they got to spread the ball around. And I think Alec Pierce is going to play a role. But you know what? He could be one of these receivers that just every week, five catches for 60 yards. And if that's the case, that's, you know, that's not moving the needle too much. I don't think he's going to be a superstar where all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, he came out of nowhere and he's eight catches for, uh, you know, 110 and a touchdown the first three weeks every se- every week. You know, and and we got to get this guy in as our wide receiver three. I don't think that happens, um, but I think he's a really nice piece to put on your fantasy team. Uh, really quick, as we kind of finish up here, mm-hmm. um, you got things to this do. This was we a gotta quick go. show, Nanda. No, it felt like it was a quick show. It's already yeah. forty-five minutes. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, right. I know. Well, that's you know, it's we have fun. Time flies when you're having fun, buddy. Exactly. No. Birthday boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to put Curtis Samuel up against Donovan Peoples-Jones for you because they're very yes, close in ADP. Let's, let's end the show here yeah. and not even cover that because that's just pathetic. Really? Curtis Samuel versus Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's what, I mean, do you think that's, that's – uh, do, do you have no interest in either of them? You've been sitting on that for that 45 minutes. No, what I did was I, I'm bringing us down ADP and they're sitting there at the end and – yeah. I don't know. Do you, would you rather talk about uh, AJ Green versus Sterling Shepard? AJ <laughs> Green, another one. I'm surprised you didn't put both of those guys in uh, against each other. Curtis Samuel, I feel like this is a copycat league, big time. Mm-hmm. And what Debo Samuel did last year, and Cordero Patterson, and really Cordero Patterson, really what Curtis Samuel did two years ago, which was copied by Cordero Patterson, which was copied then by Debo Samuel. I think like they look, people look at that and they're like, oh, we can do that with Curtis Samuel. This could be like a 500. Nah, all right, maybe 400 rushing yards, top out, 800 receiving uh, yards kind well, of guy. Hey, listen, that's a possibility now because who, who? Maybe he gets a lot more, uh, you know, time in the backfield. Yeah, the the whole backfield is a mess. Uh, nobody knows what is going to happen here. Um, but the problem with Samuel is just like in camp, he showed up in camp, and I think on the first day he had a hamstring issue, and they say he's just like you know, he's an Olympic bicycle, uh, you know, guy. Uh, during camp here off to the sidelines he never can stay healthy since he's come over to washington so sad yeah sad uh donovan peoples jones though i think he's going to play in two wide receiver sets i think he's going to be pretty locked in so for me if i want to answer your 
god awful question, Nando. It's not a god awful question. Right, you know what? Donovan let's mark this show down. Let's ti- let's timestamp this. Okay. Because I'd like to. I'd really like to uh, bring this back in a few months. You How about me this? For How about Patterson this? We'll leave year. off like this. I'd rather have Wandell Robinson over Curtis Samuel and Donovan Peoples Jones. If you want to go with gimmicky guys, give me Wandell Robinson over Curtis Samuel for gimmicky guys. All right. Fair. You do that. Where's, Kadar- where's Kadarius Tony in terms of Wandell Robinson? Kadarius Tony is a is a personal favorite of mine. I just wish the kid could actually stay healthy because it's if he could stay healthy and you know get over all these nagging hamstring issues and everything it just seems like every day you're like just waiting for another issue with tony to pop up i think he'd be the clear number one for the giants i think he'd be a steal on the draft board kenny galladay's a bust there's really not much else i'm shocked that Shepard is kind of back already i thought i wouldn't see him until october november but it looks like he's ahead of schedule Still don't think Shepard plays any role in affecting Kadarius Tony because Tony's going to play on the outside. And, uh, you know, the, the only person that it would affect is Wandell Robinson with Shepard. But Kadarius Tony to me, is the clear number one in New York. They're going to have to pepper him. They have a bad defense, the Giants. They're going to be playing in games, catching from behind. Kadarius Tony could be one of the biggest steals on the draft board this year. Man, this is why they call him the next Glenn Lowy. It's Chris Carroll, everybody. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why you beat a dead horse to, to death. <laughs> it's first time this season. No, yeah. Oof. First of every episode. Well, you love it. You mm. he, he text me when are you going to mention the yeah, Glenn Lowe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, sure. this was fantastic, I felt. Uh, you know what? We actually, I mean, so I've got another draft next. I have it on Wednesday. And we got a Wednesday show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when the next one. I don't know if they're going to pop out. I don't know if they come out on Wednesday or Thursday. But we're doing this on a Wednesday uh, in case some kind of catastrophic news came out about one of the players we talked about. And it seems like we're obtuse about it. Right. But, uh, yeah, next week, maybe we'll just preview the first week, get on some of that stuff. Sounds See where good. your drafts ended, who you like, who, what decisions yeah, actually, you make in your next, lineups. By next week's episode, Nando, from today until next Wednesday, I probably have like 15 drafts. High yeah. stakes draft. So yeah, yeah. all this week. So we can review them and talk about them and what the scene was like in New York and what players were the hottest and who were the coldest and what Yeah, the, what people you know, were wearing. Action packed episode next Wednesday. Tune in. Who was talking to who? Who was yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway, we gotta go. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, this is Chris Vaccaro. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Vaccaro GST. Uh, the GST, I could tell you what it stands for, but he gets mad when I bring it up on the show for some reason. <laughs> um, true. <laughs> stands for the Greenwich Street Tavern. Just the greatest bar in all of New York City. Um, if you're in town this December, Christmas theme from December 1st on, uh, so that'll be fun. Right? Never never stops. You'll never stop pushing for the Christmas theme bar in yeah, December. Man, so much, so much money left yes. on the table. Christmas yep. karaoke. Yep. Anyway, we got to go. Uh, so I can spend the next 20 minutes teaching Chris how to WeTransfer this to the producers. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Good luck with your drafts. <laughs> Chris, good luck with yours. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And we'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.